Hey, hey, Frage. I know you're wounded. You always are every week. It starts the same way. He always keeps getting wounded. He's always so hurt. He's offended by our show, I think. I think he's heard it. He's not happy. I would love if Kelsey Grammer heard this show. He'd just be like, this is just, these guys are just trash. He's a big fan. I've talked to him about it. You went to one of those, one of those cocktail events. He has been serving beer out there. I don't know if you've uh, seen kept up with his new beer. I don't remember the name of his beer. If it's like Dr. Crane's beer. Is it Fraser themed? I don't think so. No? I think it's like America themed or something. Pawtucket. Patriots. Yeah, I think that's a TV show reference as well. (laughs) Uh, Maybe that's a real town. I'm unsure about real cities in America. (laughs) Either way, welcome to Sideshow Fraser. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve Shackelford. I'm joined by my other host here, Jordan Wilson. Jordan, say hello. Ole. Uh-huh. Thank you. This is Sideshow Frasier, a podcast about Frasier and one other show from the same broadcast week in history. This week, we're on the Frasier episode, Author, Author. One of my faves. I forgot this was a season one episode, but this is a very, very good one. Yeah. And then our Sideshow episode, Martin, the TV show Martin from Fox. <laughs> With one of, the, one of the most basic themes ever, where it's just like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is the episode, The Hoedown in Motown, is what we'll be covering today. <laughs> That's the best part, I think, of the episode, is the name. I have not watched Martin since the early 90s, me so neither. it was a little tough for me to grab uh, each of the characters. I did have to go reference some of the, like, additional reference material where i'm like which one is this like i knew gina that was for sure his girl girlfriend uh but some of the characters that martin lawrence played like the alternate characters i was like i don't know who this is don't remember that guy and there wasn't too many it was just not intro scene yeah this one wasn't heavy with the you know i'm gonna do every character in the entire episode those are the ones that have stuck in my mind was it shanane shanane and then he had the he had his little neighbor uh, who who was a little person that I forget his name, but that was a funny character. Yeah, I don't know. I have not watched it in so long. I don't know how it's aged. This one though, the hoedown and Motown, it was interesting for sure. Another um, you know, kind of format flip. We've seen that a couple times. Yeah. It happens later on in Frasier, but yeah. this is a format flip radio episode for Martin. So yeah. that'll be a lot of fun when we get there. Hmm. But of course, each time we start. With the glorious Frazier. My king. <laughs> he is your king. Not Kelsey. Frazier specifically is your king. Yes. Well, this episode, uh, what happens in it, if you don't remember, this is where Frazier and Niles try to collaborate on a book about sibling relationships, and they end up brawling while developing a case of writer's block. <laughs> a tale as old as time. The irony, yes. So, Jordan, have you ever written other than like high school? Have you ever... What's the longest thing you've written since high school or college? Probably my latest performance review responses. Oh, crap. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, I would say... Just work I, stuff. I just work stuff or like like I wrote... Okay, so f- I used to work at a private music school and I worked 
uh, in a bunch of different departments at the school. And I was doing theater, uh, this one theater thing. And I wrote like an entire play with the class and like, so, and, and of course they were like, you know, eight years old. So it was a lot of, what was the play about? Oh gosh. So it was about basically like a, uh, like a Prince in the Pauper style thing, I guess. All right. right wasn't board. it Prince in the Pauper? Mm-hmm. It was like a play on like just a, a straight regular play. It was, a how was it reviewed critically? Did it, the critics it, enjoy it? It was well received in the community. Standing yeah. ovation. Standing ovation. Uh, there was mostly all parents. So they oh. were kind of forced to. Okay. They had to because it was their kids up there. And if they, you know, so. and Most kids suck. Is that so? <laughs> <laughs> Just did plays. I mean, no offense. I've been to some kids plays. They're not that great. Like, I remember our high school plays. They were not good. No, no, they were not. We were both in some of those plays. In yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, high school theater is terrible. So mm. I can't imagine eight-year-old theater is much better. No. I mean, I've been to my kids recital performances or whatever. It's no, fine. It was not great. But I would say that's probably, I don't know. I, I guess that's the longest thing I've written. Yep. Not a book. Though. I've never done a book either. Mm. So yeah. I don't have experience on what Frazier and Niles are going to go through here. A book sounds like a whole undertaking where <laughs> I think, again, especially working with this publisher that they're going to work with, where yeah. it gives you really firm, quick deadlines. You're like, man, yeah. 90s publishing was rough, I feel like. And uh, he's like the Jits uh, on... The Jits? The Jits. That's <laughs> he's like the Jits on Back to the Future, kind of. like. I so. don't know what actor played um, Sam Tanaka, but this episode, it did look very similar, or he had the same kind of vibe, where he was just very bossy. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm in charge, and I need you to do this by this day. Yeah. Uh, so we start in Nervosa at the top of the episode here. Frazier's given the wrong order by the barista. She says it's his usual. And uh, as of this time, his usual apparently he says is a double Kona with cream. Yep. That seems a little basic. Double it, Kona with cream? It, that's Frazier's. That's just like, a, just like a big coffee. Is yeah. that, like, that's all that big is. Big coffee with some cream big in it. Big coffee with creamer. Okay, but... She gives not a cappuccino him, or anything. Yeah, not a cap, nothing fancy. But she gives him a latte with nutmeg and cinnamon originally, <laughs> yep. which is apparently Niles as usual. Yeah. So barista comes and screws up Fraser's day, handing him the wrong drink. Takes him a second to get a drink too, because then Niles comes in and takes the drink because it's his <laughs> it's usual. His usual. <laughs> it's very rude. <clears throat> Niles has showed up here at Nervosa to uh, meet his publisher for a book deal. And this is a lot of fun because I guess he pitched a book that had already been sold. Uh, the same exact, the exact same idea. <laughs> and they're like, oh, even though we bought your idea for a book, we didn't realize it was already another book. So just give us another one or something else. So I was like, Niles isn't a gifted writer. I'm sure they bought more the idea than they were buying Niles necessarily. <laughs> so that did strike me as odd. <laughs> uh, then we get the publisher engineering. Like I said, Sam Tanaka. Yeah. He's uh, Sam Tanaka just walks in and says, I'll have what he's having right as <laughs> Frazier's drink is being set down. His actual usual, the double Kona with cream. <laughs> so a nice comedy of errors here where yeah. Frazier still has not gotten his drink. He's, <laughs> uh, you know, he's being held out on. <laughs> Quickly, though, this is one of the first like dude fans I've seen because Tanaka is a big old fan of Frazier's. Yeah, like, loves his show. Right. So... <laughs> 
mainly it's women that we've seen so far that really jump up and down. I have most of the dudes are like bulldog. You like bulldog show, right? right? Like Martin. And I think most of the other dudes are into bulldog. Yeah, they play to that stereotype. But Tanaka, he's a he's a cultured man. He's a, a cultured Japanese businessman. It does strike me as odd. I guess he's just in afternoon drive, or maybe he just loves the radio. He's just and he in puts radio, it on. man. He's in radio. Japan is a was a mysterious land. <laughs> That's not true. It's it is, and and my brother gets to go all the time for work because he works for a Japanese company, and, okay. and it, it's it looks so badass. Like I would love to go to Japan. Life expectancy very long. They kick our tail here in America. Yeah, there's like what a well into the late eighties, nineties. I think it might be like eighty three, eighty four, something like that. We're I here. It's what like seventy four. <laughs> I think it's gone. Yeah, it's pretty low now. Oh <laughs> so Japan's got the nice global. Uh, I think highest life expectancy yeah, last I they saw. Did right, but man. Japan's great. Check my data on that. I'm unsure. Uh, so <laughs> Tanaka, when he meets Fraser, and then kind of puts it together that oh niles crane you're related to fraser crane he's like oh there's kind of almost a book in that yeah. and this is while niles is sweating because he has nothing like, <laughs> no idea what to do which is odd you're like niles just make up some crap man like give up three good pitches and if he doesn't like any of them the worst that happens is you don't have a niles, book deal. he's too Te- he's too textbook. Niles is too like learned everything and was taught and was a good student. He's not an ideas man. Yeah, I will. Yeah, exactly. This entire episode, he brings nothing to the table. <laughs> I was like, Niles is an absolutely atrocious writer. He's how he got that book radio. deal in the first place? <laughs> That's just like, how, who gave him this book deal? Tanaka. What were you? Who shopped for this? Like, this is terrible. He was charmed by Niles's you know, fanciness. Yeah. That's what I was like. It had to be the idea. And then this publisher guy is like, I got to figure out some crap. I mean, legal told me it's already an idea, but I already <laughs> committed to this. So Signed a contract. Yeah. You got to give me something, we buddy. Screw. We get sued. But yeah, Tanaka's like, Hey, do the sibling psychiatry angle for a book. That might be interesting. So the, the boys jump on it to a degree. It's more Niles. And then once Tanaka leaves, Frazier's all hot and bothered by it. Yeah. I mean, it would be a challenge, I think, to write a book with anybody. Just like another person, but especially a sibling or like a really close, you know, like unless the chemistry was right and unless the collaboration was correct. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of notable co-authored books there's definitely like co-authored medical articles and co-written movies like there are movie co-writers and stuff like that but a lot of the biggest books it is like stephen king george george railroad martin yeah that's well hold on (laughs) (laughs) i guess you're right that's a tv reference i don't know if our i don't know enough about the game of thrones to combat your our our, report of railroad as his middle name but i might as well be I think it should be if it's not. Anyway, any way you go about it, if you've got two middle initials that are both the same middle initial, it's going to be silly. What about the Tolkien guy? Was he three up front initials? J.R.R. Tolkien? Yeah. What does all that stand for? Junior round? Julius. Oh. Ricardo. Oh, my. (laughs) What else you got? Uh, Ramirez. So there's Ricardo Ramirez. 
Hmm, okay, I would say like Juicy Red Robin. Or juicy Red like Robin. That. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's like one of those burgers that you get, one of those big old Red Robin burgers. It's delicious. Uh, so either way, Fraser doesn't like being looped into this book deal. So he's all ticked off. Uh, Niles convinces him to do it basically by saying, oh, come on, man. I want to be big time like you. I want to go into a library and see my name on the card catalog under mental illness. That joke made me laugh really hard. I Every know. time I hear it, I'm like, it's so funny way he delivers that. It, it is. And it's, it's been my dream since I was a little boy. <laughs> and it's a good way to spin that type of a joke. Where yeah. like a lot of times the joke is just if you looked up idiot in the dictionary, there'd be a picture of you. Right. And so it's... Th- essentially the same joke premise overall but just like reversed it like i've always dreamed of showing up under mental illness so it's a it's a fun way to twist that joke (laughs) i liked it anyway they go into a little jig and dance uh and song thing from when they were schoolmates i wanted to sing it and i forgot because i like sung it back to myself and i and i actually thought about playing it on piano and like recording it and then like being able to like play it back (laughs) on the show i just didn't do it but uh, yeah, they do. They they do a little dance, and then it's like something about like it's like uh, all of, like all of y'all are so are so nerdy, or we think that y'all are wussy. Mm-hmm. Something something something. The core but rhyme we is get all, we, we, yeah. we we we're we're so cool. We get all that, and then they start dancing, again. and then they like, do the little dance. Yeah. That's right. It's a very suggestive <laughs> limerick little tune thing they're doing there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So the boys had dirty minds when they were children, but they knew better than to say the word. So they like <laughs> set up the fact that you know you're going to hear a dirty word and then just dance. Yeah. Always a great bit. <laughs> so then we go to the apartment. Next scene here. Niall shows up for an evening writing session. Apparently they were going to do it at Niles's place, but of course Maris is at home with her sherry tasting group. Ah. It's always something. So just a bunch of old biddies getting around getting drunk. Yeah, I mean it sounds like something Niles and Fraser would honestly be into. Right, like, be a part of. I was like, okay, why aren't you there? Go, I mean, just go upstairs there and take... Oh, she, she doesn't have the 1933 Chalembron. Okay. <laughs> you might be correct. I don't they, she you might cannot not. do a wine tasting event or a, a sherry tasting event without a 1933. I don't know anything about sherry, so I. <laughs> so I can't combat you on that either. But I will say that you would think Frazier would want to go over there and educate them, but I guess he just hates Mara so much, and yeah. we're just never going to get that reveal. It's so sad, I guess. You remember the time that I had an AI image generator generate an image of merit what what it thought maris might look like this is a common bit i see online yes is it yes i see lots of people do this oh really yes what was yours i don't know it didn't really make much sense when you look at it like because i used the i used the description that that niles gives i think uh oh really yeah i forget what it was but it's very descriptive and it's too peaked, and you know she holds a you know not enough weight to hold or whatever. Yeah, that and that like she shivers like a chihuahua. Yeah, and like you know. <laughs> the AI won't know what to do with that, Jordan. It's oh, not smart not. enough to get anything right from TV shows. Wait I've tried it. it. It's really good at coding, but it does not get anything right about TV shows. Will you? What have you done to the production value just, of this show? Stop messing with the microphone. It. I gotta tighten it. Good lord, sir. <laughs> uh, so we're back to the apartment. Martin wants to watch the game, so Frazier got him a pair of these like wireless headphones. So yes. yeah, Martin's there, and I'm amazed they have wireless headphones that connect to your TV. 
Big time, big money though. That's what I'm saying. So he had money. to go to like Sharper Edge or some crazy yeah. store. Yeah, yeah. What was that one store? Uh, Brookstone, maybe. Brookstone. Would sell that. Brookstone might have had that that gear. Man, do you remember how many times we would just go in there and try massage chairs that clearly so many people had sat in? Oh no, they had a guy that like kick you out though. He would get all right. You've had enough time in that massage chair. I need you to. I need you to leave. <laughs> it's we got to get you out of here, sir. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you. You got to climax levels there a moment ago. <laughs> We're gonna need to move you on about your way, sir. So just yeah. Get. He you just stands. Hey, that guy stands at the front of the store with a rag and a, <laughs> oh, <laughs> stopwatch, a spray bottle. Unfortunately, <laughs> so with the headphones on, the boys Raz Martin a little bit, uh, and you know, just essentially mess with him about how he tells the same story over yeah. and over again and just kind of get in some good barbs at him while his headphones are on marty just stands there like just with a with a confused face like looking at the tv just watching old man watching the tv mm-hmm. Don't he just takes that- it but they, he can hear him the <laughs> whole time him. so he says he'll hit him with their cane or with his cane <laughs> uh if they keep messing with him uh so then uh nile starts typing uh, dramatically he's yeah. over enthusiastic so he just gets right to putting words on the page and Frazier stops him this is where i'll say maybe Frazier made the error here he might have bogged them down a little bit too much in formatting so and i wouldn't have known this at the time initially i'm like hey good job by Frazier. he's pulling them off here he's telling them to think get, it out a little think bit, it out yeah. a little bit more <clears throat> But then by the end of the episode, you're like, why the hell did they not just put some words down <laughs> on the page? Like, even if it was Niles crap. Sure. Just take something and like run with it and then and make your edits as you go or whatever. At least there's something yeah. to turn in. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. There's an editor that'll do all the rest of this for you. Like, yeah. No, you're not killing yourself for it. I mean, he got he was too analytical about it. Yeah. Frazier for mm-hmm. sure was. So Martin offers to like, hey, if you guys want to hear a few stories from when you were kids, I can tell you all kinds of stuff. (laughs) And that piques the kids' interest. They're like, oh, yeah. That might help. That might help. What creepy bad stories do you think your dad would want you to throw into a psychiatry book? Because I know mine would be when I threw that blender at that nun. Yeah. That that, would have to go in a book. That would go in a book because that's that's like, yeah, that would go under like psychopath or like something. You attacked the Catholic Church at large. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably already in a book. Like they got that in the Vatican somewhere. Like keep a record of you. (laughs) We recommend an exorcism as soon as possible. Uh, we need you to get far away from the church and be just taken care of by some kind of spirit lord or something. All my stuff was really innocent. Like I got a porn tape stuck in a VCR one time and had to, had to like go to my dad, but it was like mutually assured destruction because it was his (laughs) that I had found. And so I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, well, yeah, I got it stuck, but I can easily just go to him and be like, hey, I got your porn stuck in my <laughs> in the VCR. You need to get this out. Sopornos? Armageddon? <laughs> it was Armageddon. On, yeah. yeah, man. That <laughs> ending Starring scene. Ron Jeremy. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> As Bruce Willis. Yes. <laughs> That's a tough role. And like he could, no, he played Liv Tyler. <laughs> he assaulted everyone on that spaceship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ron Jeremy. Somehow he still got put in jail for that shoot. You know, Incredible. I'm the only one here on this asteroid, right? <laughs> <laughs> The word asteroid got way too much play <laughs> during the show. You're like, please stop saying asteroid every easy. three seconds. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> um, so then Martin starts detailing a trout trip, and 
he turns into old man on a like you said, just typical old man. He can't remember the name of anything. The lake. <laughs> he needs another lake. Yeah, he's like, I gotta know the name Watch of that lake. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes and finds an atlas. <laughs> yeah, which I was thinking about because you also look at the. It's just funny to watch it in 2023. Yeah, um, but you look at like Niles' laptop. You know, mm-hmm. like the little the ancient laptop that he was typing on, and then Marty's like, I gotta go look at an atlas, and it's like, oh man. That laptop must have been expensive for back then. Expensive and heavy. Yes. Those things were heavy. They were heavy. Bricks, those batteries were. Yeah, no, I remember a whole them. bag for it. No, exactly. A whole bag. <laughs> it's the kind Michael Scott could give out 20 years later to those Scott Tots. <laughs> Gives them all lithium batteries. So sorry that I couldn't pay for your college. It's tough out there. Man, I wish I had the gumption to promise college to everyone at some point. I'm His amazed. heart was in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> thought he would be a millionaire. It's very easy to make empty promises. And that's a very easy thing to do. Poor Michael Scotty. <sighs> anyway, so Frazier comes up with the idea to basically use his radio listeners' real stories huh. to fill, the, fill up the book. Okay. So he's going to crowdsource his book, basically. Not a terrible idea. No, definitely not. I mean, you're walking a you're walking a thin line there as far as ethics is concerned. I think, but uh, yeah, you know, probably a good place to get some stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, because obviously that's probably the easiest place to mine from because there's never any client patient confidentiality. True. Like Niles could not use any clinical case that didn't like agree right. i guess in a private have, practice with yeah, yeah on a contractual so, like yeah so part of me i was like all right well <clears throat> technically anybody could have listened and used all of that as anecdotal sure. and like hey i've talked to a bunch of people but that's not real evidence sure. of anything that's just like hey i talked to some people and here's what i recommend yeah i don't know where the because they take call in with your biggest sibling stuff and that's what they're going to populate their book with so it's not a terrible idea. Like I said, they knew they were being on the radio. Anybody could have listened to the radio and rewritten a book about it. Yeah. And a publisher would have no idea. It was one day on a radio show. So no biggie. You got any uh, juicy sibling stories where you got in like a massive quarrel? A massive quarrel. Um, I don't quarrel, quarrel much with my little sister. Um, we certainly, I guess, fought like a bunch of kids. It's yes. just random stuff. But I think the biggest one is when I like got old enough to defend myself against my older sister because you get bullied a lot, sure. you know, and you're just little. But as a dude, at a certain point, you're like, hey, I'm not taking this crap no more. <laughs> Back it down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so at a certain point, you're like. I'm doing it. I'm, you know, <laughs> this is my day to fight back. Gotta stand up, sure. So that would probably be the biggest quarrel I remember was when I just like stopped taking shit. And yeah. I, I'm sure I walled off and just smacked. I mean, she's probably hitting me at the same time. Sure. I'm probably eight and she's probably 13 or something. Like That's you tough. get to a certain age where you're just like enough. You know, like that is it. <laughs> Exactly. I see that in my kids. So I've got one who's almost two and one who's almost four. And the, the almost two year old is like kind of switching on. And so my my four year old will like pick on him or take a toy or something. And I see him just get so mad and start to like, you can see that confidence build. And he'll be like, 
no, <laughs> it's right. not going to happen this time. <laughs> <I> <laughs> You'll know. see him fight back. I love do. it because they know just I mean, and we'll get into that in this episode <laughs> review is like they are forever behind to a certain degree. So at certain points, you've got to draw a line and you're like <laughs> across this line. You will not come. I can know? see you doing that with your with, with your sister, your older sister. That's funny because at a certain I mean, you don't like necessarily fight back or you refuse to use physical violence because sure. you know you'll get in trouble like if you hit a girl or if you you know i mean like if your sister's messing with you, you're like pushing your head around yeah. or just being mean or something like that well, yeah, i had three older siblings yeah that's I get a, it. exactly i mean it is, that's probably the biggest quarrel i remember where my older sister was very mad on the day i stood up for myself <laughs> a little bit like oh, i'm sorry well and then she liked you a lot better after that probably because oh she, undoubtedly no she was um, <laughs> she was pretty cool with you in high eh, school i guess so <laughs> for um, a while yeah it's true uh, so then we go to KACL. Uh, hmm. uh, Roz is not pleased that Niles is the guest on the show that day. <laughs> she's, in fact, very upset and says she's not going to get him coffee. Did, you didn't approve that with me. I'm the producer. I kind of agree with her. She probably did need to be given the heads up before Niles showed up Fra- at the studio. Frazier doesn't give a shit. He was like, all right, fine. Bye. Yeah, talent <laughs> doesn't like, give a shit she's sometimes. Like, no. They need to be nicer to their damn producers <laughs> and not just come in with crap. Why don't you rely on your producers to maybe craft your show into something good instead of just swinging it on unique the air? Because you're a talented producer, so you're a producer with talent. So it's like kind of uh, you're, you're playing both sides of the coin here, buddy. It's correct. If I were in their shoes, I'd probably do whatever the hell I wanted <laughs> to. So I don't, I don't fault Frazier one bit. But yes, the producer would have liked a heads up on that as a courtesy. Like, oh, okay, I would have set up another microphone. Exactly. Like, okay, now I, at least I prepared for my day. Don't spring crap on me. Sure. Like, now I gotta go get a mic. Let me pot, you know, pull up that channel. It takes two seconds, but still. It's like when a guy brings his wife to work for the day, and you're like, what? Oh. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> I will fire you on bring your wife to work day. I don't think that's allowed. (laughs) (laughs) If we work remote, your wife is always there. It's fine. Uh, So Frazier's advice to him is basically sit down, take a deep breath. Try not to spit on the microphone. Niles opens with a hello, Emerald City. What's doing? What's happening? (laughs) And try and goes full like radio guy. (laughs) 1980s radio DJ calling it Emerald City. Maybe that's just like, okay, that's probably some name for Seattle that probably. all the DJs use up there. Uh, um, so Niles <laughs> then cuts Frazier off three seconds into the show, and he's not pleased about that. Then callers come in, and Niles <laughs> pushes out the I'm listening. He uses his catchphrase. Like, you are a terrible <laughs> host. You are making the lead host fight for airtime with you and on his shit. On his own show. Yeah, just like, hey, you gotta just shut up during certain points. It's so funny, though, because it's like that scenario in which the little brother finally gets to play Mario, and he just totally loses all of the lives and dies like eight times in a row, and you're like, no! Yes. Stop! You're too, you're overzealous, man. (laughs) Exactly. You've got a little too much enthusiasm. Try to chill the (laughs) F out on this thing if you can, All right, buddy? Uh, And so... The best part was Niles roasting Frazier about his hair loss quickly after the caller details a touching story. <laughs> so he, he basically just burns him about, you know, how 
how big his head is or how bald it is. I can't remember the exact phrasing on it, but it was a uh, a very good roast at the he, end of it. He really took hold of that opportunity to like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I do applaud. Alpha male him. I do applaud because there's nothing Frazier can do on the air. <laughs> and that's the thing. You're like, what's he going to do? <laughs> he could either blow up on me or he could just suck it up and take it. Kind of. <laughs> so then we go to the hotel. Frazier and Niles came up with the idea that uh, since they now have to finish the first two chapters, so what we didn't see after the show there, or what we saw, but I didn't cover real quick before going to the hotel, Sam Tanaka calls in, says he heard the whole show, he loved it, and he's got Reader's Digest who wants a little piece of this action, and they want to take up the licensing rights or something like that. Great, cool. Okay. Um, Or like some kind of publication rights for it so it can be distributed not only in book form, but in like, you know, tinier form in Reader's Digest. Right. So I think it said the serial rights. So they want to do a serial piece where like each story within the, like a chapter or a story would be released in Reader's Digest like monthly. Like an, an excerpt from this book Correct. kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or maybe it's a quarter of the book as a series and a one in four part series in Reader's Digest over right. the course of a quarter or some crap. <laughs> one third of a year. Uh, so their idea is, um, Tanaka said, give me the first two chapters by Friday because Niles said it's already done. He's Niles like, He yeah. said he already wrote the book. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's going great. We're, we already got a few chapters going, and we're all in good shape. <laughs> it's a great. Send it over. Polish it up by Friday and get it to me. <laughs> so they have to lock themselves in a hotel to finish. It seems like it's the same hotel set that they keep using. Yeah, there must only be one. They're like, we've got one hotel we can use in season one. Like, move the furniture ever. around a little bit, and like it's all we got. That door over here. Yeah, and I've never locked myself in a hotel room in order... Actually, I take that back. I've never intentionally done it, but I definitely have done it, and it works like a charm. You got locked in a hotel room? No, so uh, <laughs> I did take a gig uh, like 20, God, must have been like 15 years ago. I almost said 20. I'm not that old. Um, I was 23 or something like that, so yeah, about 15 years ago where I was in a show band in Galveston, Texas. Oh, that's at right. A hotel. That's right, right. And. Man, when your whole job is like, it's kind of like Vegas when you're a show band. You're like, hey, you do two shows a night. You do a 3 p.m. show and you do a 7.30 p.m. show. Everything's on the set already. You're doing it at a hotel resort. This is a Christmas show. People are going to come in. They'll watch either the afternoon show or the evening. You just got to be back here for sound check and rehearsals at 2.30 and 6.30 or whatever. You're like, right. Cool. That's it. So the rest of the day, you don't do anything and you play a one hour set basically twice a day and then you just get to go sit in a hotel room if you choose to sure. i mean you could go out on the town but 23 i did not have a ton of cash so it's just sitting in a hotel room and writing like crazy and it does work i did probably write more tunes in those two weeks than i do in most two week spans for sure sure and it's mainly because there's just no distractions but it wasn't like i have to hit this task and I'm going to go lock myself in a hotel, <laughs> in a hotel room, room to finish this specific task. <laughs> more just boredom more than anything. I had a scenario in eighth grade where I had to, I had to get, <laughs> I left my, like my course average to where for the final exam, I had 
to score just to pass the class i had to score like a 95 on the exam easy just i had to ace it and obviously if i was not passing i was not paying attention and learning anything doing the homework or anything so i had to stay for like two days i like locked myself <laughs> down and like well my mom my mom locked me locked me down yep. and i had to study I got like a hundred on that bad boy though, oh, and then, okay. but it was terrible because she's like, "See, if you apply yourself, then you can make straight A's. You'd be a straight A student." Sure, yeah. If you lock yourself in a room yeah. for two days before every test, you could do really, really well. And you're like, "I think that's why those kids who graduate first in their class Go are crazy." Up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I think their standards are maybe a little too high. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's a, just an aptitude thing, and it all comes very easy. But I think there are a lot of people that are maybe pushing a little too hard yeah. to try to live up to a standard and you're like well the only way i can do this is six hours of studying before this test it's probably something that niles and fraser have done before yes you're not wrong that does seem like they did a lot of i mean they went to harvard yeah. or he went to harvard so yeah i'd imagine he's pretty good at cramming yeah this the problem with this is they have to create something and boy do they suck yeah at this it. isn't studying for a test so <laughs> niles is typing furiously in the hotel room and he opens with a romulus and remus line that fraser thinks sucks and so niles is like all right then you write a line hot shot <laughs> and it just cuts to fraser you see time pass over and over again and he's got nothing <laughs> zero and that's why at this point i'm like Damn, at least Niles was typing two days ago. Like, you did have some shit on paper. Like, you didn't know it was going to be a storybook, but at least you had something yeah. on paper that you could have, like, opened with or something. But uh, Frazier finally comes up with something. A bit, It's just like a basic intro line that could be applied to anything about relationships. It's like, communication is key, and you... You know, like that's basically all it was. was yeah. Communication is key or something like and that. I was like, I like that. That's really good. And then he adds a boundaries that's, line and Frazier a little spin on it. And that's when Frazier freaks out and <laughs> Frazier's like, yeah, you turned it into a run on sentence and Niles all it was incomplete thought without all of this stuff. So like I said, it's sibling rivalry right now. I think I hear my kids in the background fighting. There's as some we sibling speak. rivalry. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing. I was like, we record in my place. I don't have a of fabulous studios that are completely soundproof. So occasionally I do overhear my children fighting right Screaming. now. My own Fraser and Niles are out there beating each other up and they're oddly shaped in quite the same way. It does crack me up. Um, so I, I like that all they're really doing is like these guys can't work together. They can't create anything. Even the tiniest little detail. If you add an extra end to a sentence, it turns into a catastrophic fight between these two. And that's what raising kids is yep. a lot like most of the time. Seems like it. It's like, why are you? F I mean, your kids aren't playing video games yet, but I have to break up fights on things that are happening in a virtual world. <laughs> you know, like, well, they killed me over here and then he messed with me because he tried to knock me down. And then that guy was trying to take this. And then when I tried to kill him, this other guy pulled this guy off. And I'm like, I you don't go care. back to your realm. <laughs> and you go back to your realm. I exactly. I'm like, guys, it's a kingdom. All right. Just give me all the Xboxes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Shut them down. <laughs> I'm like, if you think I'm navigating some virtual world fight, you are dead Shut wrong. It. Shut it down. I'm locking it in the closet. <laughs> Pretty much is. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell me about those virtual problems all day. 
don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just don't fight. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, time passes. They're still stuck on the second sentence. Niles starts adding up the mini bar tab. It's only a couple hundred bucks. Wasn't too bad. Uh, Frazier does open the curtains, though. Reveals they've made their way to Friday. Uh, so now we start getting a much deeper look at the relationship because Niles is harboring a lot of resentment about, I guess, just fame in general or notoriety is all it is when I said Niles doesn't seem like a guy who necessarily chases notoriety at this point in the series, but I guess he does, no, you know, or deep he, down he does. Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, it's somewhat tied to like just popularity like he just wants to be popular and he thinks that free you know it's like throughout their childhood both of them obviously probably struggled with that you i bet fraser gets so much hate mail it's not even funny like niles probably never gets trashed on that's like in his day-to-day life so it is a double-edged sword i'd imagine notoriety come come the haters uh but that is what's weird uh i don't know what Niles's goals are, but I guess book dealing apparently is the biggest F and one as of this <laughs> moment in the episode because they start going at it about how book deals the only thing that'll make me feel good and right. your you get to be on bus panels and stuff like that and my my skinny face isn't on a book cover when your fat face is all over (laughs) buses around town with your shirt off. Yeah. So it's a lot of stuff. Like, God damn, these dudes have some, uh, serious issues and they're grown ass men. So (laughs) I don't have those kinds of fights with my siblings ever. So it's no, no weird to identify with for sure. Not now. The worst thing that my brother ever did to me was like, because I already told the story about how they made me think I was deaf when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, one time he told me that there was a serial killer loose in the neighborhood. <laughs> Good bit. Yep. And he, he opened my window. I used to sleep. This was like during my time <laughs> when I would sleep on. I slept on the ground un, like under. I had a bunk bed and the bottom bunk was gone. And I slept on that bottom part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was real into like Native American culture at the time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had like a like a whole TP setup kind of thing. But it was right by the window. And they op- he opened the window. But my blinds were down. But I didn't know the window was open. So when I went to sleep, I was like just about to fall asleep. He like reached in. He was like, I'm going to kill you. I'm, I'm the murderer. <laughs> I love that bit so much. <laughs> Scared the bejesus out of me. Yes. I was in like second grade. Gosh, that's the kind of thing I just wish we could do more of all the time. Like, because you can't do that as an adult. You'll get killed. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like, arrested. You're yeah, getting kids taken away. Exactly. You can't do that. But like sibling stuff, your parents are just like, all right, don't mess with your brother. Don't make your brother think that he's going to get murdered. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I love that there are like different rules for like a certain like sibling dynamic. We're like, hey, if you do that in public world, you'll get seriously injured or like that's a crime in public. But since your brothers and this is in our house, it's kind of all cool. Boys will be boys. It's the same thing with my two kids out at the store and they start hitting each other kind of hard. And I'm like, you know, we're out in public right now. That's assault out in public. I'm like, like, you can't just hit another person. I'm like, if you hit somebody, I was like, I know he's your little brother, but good Lord, pull it together, man. I'm like at home. I'll kind of, not let it slide, but there's some. It's seen differently at home. Exactly. I'm like, don't just walk around hitting each other. Good gravy, <laughs> brothers, man. Uh, 
But yeah, the best part is that Frazier pulls off one of Niles' chest hairs during this argument oh, there. Yeah. So then it gets real physical. <laughs> Frazier jumps on top of Niles and they devolve back into flashback memories where Niles says, you jumped in my crib. Oh, and yeah. Frazier's <laughs> choking him and says, you stole my mommy. So like, I'm like, man, this, deep yeah, I was like, oh, man, this thing goes deep for these two bros. But <laughs> outstanding comedy. The physical aspect of those two dudes just being in this room throughout this scene, it escalated very nicely. And I love the way it was all framed and staged and how just <laughs> degraded they looked by the end of it. They yeah. were just so worn down. They're like, all right. Uh, and that's what sitting in a hotel room with somebody else all night trying to create something and then creating nothing will do to you. Yeah, if you're not on drugs. Yeah, being on drugs helps a bunch. <laughs> a lot. Go next to the apartment. We see Frazier uh, attempting to eat breakfast with Martin and Daphne. Apparently, Eddie licked a muffin. Yep. <laughs> Niles arrives, uh, but, the brothers are, but the brothers are not speaking with one another. And uh, Niles comes over. And he's just there to collect his half of the hotel bill. So Niles covered it. Yes, Niles paid the entire hotel bill, and he talks to Martin. He says, Martin, you know, he doesn't say Martin. He says, Dad, tell Frazier that I would like him to cover half of this hotel bill here, basically. Sure. Frazier refuses <clears throat> to pay, and Frazier calls Niles a no-talent hack. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Maybe it goes the other way. I think it was Frazier calling Niles that. Because, yeah, I think he calls him a bad writer. I'm pretty sure. Like, you're a no-talent hack. Boys. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then Martin goes into full dad voice, tells him to sit down, and to tell him a story about, hey, you know, I never had a brother, but I did have a partner. And he talked about a stakeout he was on one time with his partner, Gus. And, man, they got real fed up with each other on that stakeout. Really came to blows at a certain point, And... You know, after that stakeout where they'd gotten really mad at each other, old Gus went and requested a transfer because he was so upset with me. <laughs> Never really got to make up with Gus, but I heard three months later he was stabbed in another department somewhere. And I rushed to the hospital, but didn't make it in time. It was a devastating story. And mm. the moral of it was, hey, guys, you never know how much time you're going to get here. So just let it go. And then uh, Frazier doesn't make up at all. He just offers Niles the licked muffin. Um, <laughs> and so I, there's no real reconciliation. But then Frazier's like, okay, Niles, you're an accomplished psychiatrist. And I respect your work. I respect yeah. your work. And that's it. Niles is basically like, all right, thanks. I've always looked up to you, obviously. Martin is disgusted by the emotionality displayed here. <laughs> Um, and then after that touching story, we see Martin exit to the other room where Daphne has gone to the kitchen to cry. She's so overwhelmed by this story. Uh, and Martin comes in there and she says, she's just so sad about Gus. You must've felt terrible about it forever. And Martin just coyly laughs. I'm like, there's no Gus. I made, made that, that crap up. <laughs> and that's probably my favorite Martin quality where he's like, look, these two dumbass kids, they're just going to fight with each other until somebody tries to show them or appeal to their better senses, appeal to their empathy or something like that. Right, or stroke their ego. That too. That <laughs> certainly helps. Yes. Um, just 
hey, life is finite. You might die tomorrow. There's no reason to like not talk to each other. That's yeah. a dumb thing to do. At least talk to each other, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I do think he was smart to just be like, I know how to shut this crap down. I'll just tell them about the heaviest crap that these two aren't even remotely dealing with right now because they're just <laughs> fighting about a book. You know, they kind of kick back to that sort of sto- that same sort story structure where Martin hadn't talked to one of his friends in a long time and he's going to die and he goes to the hospital to see him. If you remember, has that already happened this no, season? Oh, okay. So no, it we don't know soon. about it yet, but like, gotcha. I was like, I'm sure it does. what I'm just uh, saying the writers kind of recycle that idea. Oh yeah. It seemed like it's always a fun sitcom thing. Does somebody rush to the hospital? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't you don't remember that? It was like one of his old partners. Man, and he on, hadn't, he hadn't spo- I know, but I'm on so many epilepsy drugs. I don't remember <laughs> shit most he, of the he time. Hasn't, he, it's like it, it, he hasn't spoken to him in a long time and he never made up with him. And it was like one of his best friends or something. And he's oh. about, and he got word that he was going to die and he goes to his to his bedside. It's like more of a serious Frasier moment. I can't wait to see all the people I don't talk to at my bedside when I'm dying. <laughs> It'll be awesome. I'll be like, oh, shit. What's up, man? <laughs> I haven't seen you in ages, bro. This is how you want to remember me? You got an eighth? <laughs> Help a man out, man. Why, Come why on. is your old drug dealer coming to see you before you die? Jenkins. <laughs> Jangling. Jangling. And you're here, and you're here. Hi. Uh, so then we get to the credits. <laughs> My favorite part. Just Eddie jumping up and down in the kitchen, trying to get a muffin. He finally just jumps up on the island. We're yeah. Like, Damn, Eddie can really jump if he can get up on that kitchen island. He's got there. some ups, man. And he grabs a muffin to eat. Good for him. He'd only licked them all day. Yeah. Just been licking the muffin. Never got to eat one. Now he got one. Now he's got one. I love that dog. That dog's stupid. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I love the dog. I mean, it's my favorite part of the episode, honestly. <sighs> but, you know, he's fine. He's not a great... He's a fine addition comedically. I hate that I like him so much. That's the problem. I'm like, man, they get more laughs out of me at this because of this dog. Doesn't she get a little excited? Like if you see a dog in, in a spot that you're not normally going to see a dog, like inside oh. of, inside of a store. Oh well, yes, no, no, no. I love dogs in yeah. general. I'm obsessed with my dogs, particularly those particular breeds. So yeah. I like follow about a bajillion Instagram accounts for the dogs I have. Sure, um, but yes, I love seeing them in clothes swimming pools oh, grocery stores yes i saw a dog in the wild yesterday uh i went to i went to pick up some more incense at a head shop oh god yep and uh <clears throat> there was a little chewini puppy in there or something <laughs> okay. or like a, it was like a chub just something yeah. so cute though there's yeah. lots of like mixes and cool designer dogs i it was a teeny little thing too so yeah. it was cute <laughs> i don't have a teeny one that i could put in like a purse carry-on kind of thing it's kind of heavy it's a small dog but it's a plump dog Good patty so, uh, no patty's bigger i'm talking about liz lemon so i do have patty mayonnaise goes mm-hmm. by patty and then liz lemon she goes by lemon mm-hmm. uh so i do love my tv dogs there and yeah lemon's a little little plumper she's fine <laughs> she's very small but she's a little plump uh. that's fine she gets lots of exercise she's fine they're cute dogs exactly so we go to martin our sideshow here, Martin. This is the Hoedown in Motown, season two, episode twenty-six. Great from name. May. Yeah, the the Hoedown in Motown is an outstanding. Name. It's a great name. May eighth, nineteen ninety-four. 
network it's on was Fox. And what happened in this one? <laughs> well, that, while bathing, Mr. No, Burns. No, no, no. We don't need to know anything about Mr. Burns. <laughs> what happened in this one is that Martin's radio station uh, gets sold off to a new program owner because his current, or sorry, a new station owner because his current ownership it owes back taxes to the IRS. <laughs> chased by the man. He is getting chased by the he's man. He's evading. He's evading it too. He is involved in tax evasion. <laughs> So we start at the top at the just a random bar. I guess it must be a bar they hang out at all the time. I don't know. But Martin's hanging out with uh, or no, it's not Martin hanging out. It's just some random people hanging out. It's Jerome, this character that Martin plays. Oh, is that the character? He goes by Roman in this scene, but his name is Jerome. So he is a recurring character that Martin plays. I guess Jerome. Okay. Kind of just like a dirty drunky guy. That's what it seemed like as it is a his entire point of this scene was to just hit on women and sleazily try to like throw lines at them basically. But he reminded me of like a character on coming to America or something. Okay. You know, like a guy that would be hanging out in that, in the, in the barber barbershop shop scene. Yep. He had a, a unique um, early nineties look for sure with his hair. Mm-hmm. It was very curly. Yeah. <laughs> so then a guy named little dog enters <laughs> little dog is told to take off his glasses. Um, they make a Will Michael Jordan come back to basketball jokes. I was like, what a nice little timepiece from right here. It's like how topical that like Michael Jackson or sorry, Michael Jordan was out of basketball during this episode production run. This is baseball stint. This was his baseball stint. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. Um, so little dog asks old Jerome, uh, which woman he's going to mac on first. <laughs> so I do like the phrase mac. Like, who are you going to be macking on today? I don't hear that one as much Big anymore. Mac, mac daddy. People used to say mac daddy. And so old Jerome goes over max on some girl. <laughs> it does not work out well. She leaves and then we cut back over and this nerdy little dog guy is now surrounded by like six women who are all over him somehow, which they're touching his little strip of hair in the back that he's got on the back of his neck. What did that guy do or say or spray on him or order? Like, did he order a round of drinks for everyone? That was insane. I have no idea. I don't know how to pick up women at a bar. I don't think I've had to do the bar scene really ever, so I wouldn't even know what to do. Honestly, (laughs) I guess just go sit down and hope that... Like, there's no macking that would occur, right? Yeah, and your comedy is so weird that you just creep him out immediately. I barely consider this comedy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, I think it's just creepy banter most of the time now. It is. Like, who is this guy? Why does he keep saying weird things, asking me when I was born and the last time I wore a tuxedo t shirt? <laughs> like, I'm just asking. Have you ever those worn are, those a tuxedo? Those are your, your standard pickup line. What year were you born? Just making sure for me. What's your favorite color if you could smell colors? That's a good one. Yeah. If you're on drugs, that's a great one. <laughs> uh, it really is. I'm for real. You'll get a lot of mileage out of that. I don't know that you'll hook up with people, but you will have some good conversation based on that one. Whereas I, I'm just asking specific dates of things that happened, and I'm like, cool, thank you. <laughs> Wore a tuxedo t-shirt in April of 1993. Excellent. Thank Fantastic. you. Have a good one. <laughs> just take off. Strange interaction. Yep, exactly. <laughs> just plant that seed and come back five hours later at 2 a.m., that's what I'm told you do, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't what know. What a strategy. 
so then we go to the radio station. Martin's there. He's at the station. The IRS enters, looking for the owner of the station named Stan. Apparently, he... I don't know why they would say this to Martin. They tell him, your boss only has one week to pay his back taxes, <laughs> or we're going to sell this place. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so... Don't think you need to say that to the employees of the station. I'm just a DJ, bud. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, man, I'll relay the message up to my bosses. Don't so. forget that the station is called WZUP. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's a good station. It's pretty good. Call sign. Yeah. Those, are, those are good call letters. So we go back to Martin's house. He's talking to Pam, Gina, and Tommy about how Stan hasn't paid his taxes in 10 years. Sean, uh, his producer, isn't Sean... He uh, enters with a videotape from Stan. And so Stan recorded like almost like a witness protection video or like a few, like a a will video or something. Yeah, exactly. Like your estate video. If you're watching this, that means I'm dead. Yeah. Basically, (laughs) if you're watching this, it means I bailed out and on the run from the law. incredible <laughs> I mean, maybe i should make one of those really, just save it you know what i mean you gotta make one of those just in case like and put it in the contingency box or something i like, believe so you might as well have one for if i'm arrested if i die <laughs> early it's like damn he's really planned the, all this out <laughs> if i'm abducted by aliens <laughs> honey if, if you're listening just check the safe and yeah. you'll find everything you need <laughs> remind the aliens that I am on their side if they come for more if they ask about my allegiances to the human race tell them I have none if they don't come at all know that I am with the aliens <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> if this video ever surfaces and no aliens have appeared I am still allegiant to the world of human population I apologize like, what for is any going on? especially if it was just they just came after you for tax evasion like what is this guy into <laughs> why are there so many creepy videos for all these scenarios uh, so they watch the video you see Stan picking out a new face for plastic surgery yeah. <laughs> he, he, he wants, he Mick, wants Jagger lips. Mick Jagger lips incredible this is good bit. <laughs> so uh, Stan says hey Martin if you can give me 20,000 I can pay these taxes which means he only paid a thousand only owed a thousand dollars in taxes for per year for the last 20 years that's not bad. Stick it to the man. That's not bad at all. Yeah, twenty owning gr- a radio station. Yeah, twenty grand over the course of twenty years. You're all right. Just pay them. I mean, go take out a loan somewhere. Figure it out. It's not. You're not in debt for millions here. I know. I was like this twenty grand. I'm like, <laughs> like. I mean, I'm not a rich guy, but you could figure that out. Like, That's not a dude. reason to get plastic. The surgeries would have cost <laughs> I more. Know. I was like plastic <laughs> surgery. You got a new chin and new lips, bud. Like you definitely new eyebrows. Like you're definitely going to be paying more than that. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, so then we go to the radio station. Martin's now running a radio telethon, essentially, to try and raise the money. Unfortunately, Stan calls in to the to radio the telethon to the tel- telethon and say, hey, I sold the station, man. Sorry, nothing you can do. New station owner will be there at some point. Any minute, he said. Any minute. <laughs> he barges in, this new guy, and his name is Red McCasters, it's, or Red McMasters. Sorry. It's the guy that plays Dan, the high talker, like on Seinfeld, yep, right? It is. And I don't know what all else he does, but that is 
exactly who it is. Yeah, I saw him and I was like, that's that guy from Seinfeld. Like, yes. I, saw, I recognized him immediately. He's the hot talker. Yeah, the guy that's like, well, who is this? There, exactly. <laughs> the one who, yeah, they can't tell who it is they on the other line. He sounds just like his wife. Yes. <laughs> uh, but this guy is a country music radio station owner. So he's all about country music in Motown, basically. We're yeah. going to turn Detroit on its head and have them all loving country music. Huh. Uh, so then we get back to the radio station. There's kind of a commercial break, and then we come back. Now we got Martin still on the air, but he's having trouble rolling out this country music. Says they been, changed it immediately. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> Format flip. No announcement. No stunting. I we brought, are changing. I brought in some tapes. Here yep. you go. <laughs> so you go through your library and make it work. Yeah, like you said, there were tapes, and that's probably about it. Jesus. Here's your deck. Figure so it out. So I guess we'll be back from break, and we'll be country station now. Yep. That's what you get. <laughs> Deal with it. And that's the beauty of radio is that. There is no long-term growth plan tied to that format necessarily. <laughs> it is just, eh, we could maybe squeeze a couple more ratings points out of this. And if we get a couple more ratings points, we might be able to sell a few more advertisers <laughs> on this. So, yeah, whatever. It's like when Frazier's changed to a Spanish radio. Yes, that was that's quite common. <laughs> uh, very common. So uh, Martin's playing some Charlie Pride. Notable, notable black country artist who's just as a really great country music artist. Sure. So Martin has just already gone through his entire catalog. I think in the first hour where he's just playing nothing but Charlie Pride, <laughs> trying to play black country music, which is a, get a good joke for the the show Martin on Fox, who is appealing to a certain demographic. So yeah. the country music thing is just real grind my gears kind of setup. Uh. Red McMaster's enters from a fresh oil rig fire. <laughs> Lives were lost, apparently. <laughs> so I, I am starting to love old Red McMaster. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. So <laughs> Red starts trying to pump up Martin. He's like, hey, man, I got to get you all in on this country music thing if you want to keep your job. And he's super friendly. Like, the guy's a good program director. And he's like, hey, man, we're going to be really fun about this. And I'm going to call you Marty. And we're going to do it, man. And we need to make this work. Otherwise, you know, I mean, well, you'll be out of a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's a super friendly kind of one of those manager type owner guys. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm just going to tell them all the bad news in a real friendly, direct way. And then we're just going to move on about it. <laughs> and he keeps requesting that Martin gives them a wee-haw which I guess must be the station slogan that he's trying to roll out there. Like, hey, hey, this is our tagline. Give him the wee-haw. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wee-haw? I was like, what a terrible thing to wee-haw. Just like hit your wagon to. Sorry not to steal a country colloquialism, but <laughs> wee-haw? It's not even yee-haw. Yeah. It's I mean, not even it, the one that everybody knows. Yeah, in Texas, we say yee-haw. I think that's what every Western person yeah. says, not wee-haw. So I guess... Wee-haw! I mean, it feels okay. It does. It's, it feels okay. It just graded on me a little bit first. If I got a whole a whole stampede of cows to calm down and go into, go into their corral, mm -hmm. and I exclaimed, wee-haw, like I've done it. It feels okay. You ever feels done? Right. You ever done? You're right. I think it does feel right. I completely agree with you there. Have you ever done much livestock handling? I haven't. I didn't do FFA or anything. Never uh, tended any cattle. I've milked. 
Did you, have you some, really? You've I've done milked, some milking? I did some milking. I've milked cows. I think I've milked a goat. Sexual milking or like professional? It wasn't not. It was not not sexual. Gotcha. It was not not sexual. Right. I got gotcha. I've been there. Right. I've been there, man. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. People think we're able to tip those cows over. Uh, I mean, I don't ever remember getting taken out to do that. I uh, think that was like an urban thing that people were like, yeah, you go cow tipping. Yeah. Is that a thing? It, it, cow tipping is just, you know, a euphemism for let's go get drunk in a field. That's kind of what I thought. I was like, nobody's tipping over cows. If anything, that sounds super mean because they're like, yeah, and then the cows can't get back up. I was like, what? Yeah, and it's yeah, also, they can. They, uh, also like a cow. They would also be like, yeah, a cow sleep standing up. And it's like, no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why wouldn't they just... I've seen cows sleeping on the ground. They just lay down. Just lay down and go to sleep in like a thing of hay. Like, like a over dog. By a fence. <laughs> yeah, it's like a big dog. Yeah, like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just a cow or whatever. <laughs> so, yes, I remember hearing about that's an that. Urban myth. I agree. I think it was just getting Plus, drunk in a field. Plus, cows weigh like 2,000 pounds. I don't think you're going to be pushing them over very easily. Yeah. We just got drunk in warehouse parking lots more than anything. Yeah. The warehouse district was a good place to do it. Nobody's out there at night. They have like one security guard for like <laughs> 60,000, you know, square feet. Those suckers. Uh, so station owner gives them two weeks, essentially, to have the whole country or having the whole city playing country music. So he's going to take over Detroit. Then we go back to Martin's apartment. He's talking with Gina about how country music is driving them apart. <laughs> this is probably my favorite part of it. He's like, it's country music, Gina got me thinking you're running around on me with another man the more i listen to it so i love that he's being impacted not by like rap music or hip-hop music in a way that it's like sexy and fun to listen to it's this sad tired old dudes talking about their hurt in country music talking about their wife left them for another man and yeah. their dog went with her and yeah so i love that it's impacted him so much because he's actually really absorbing the material <laughs> and like listening to the lyrics. He's not on autopilot, right? He's, he's trying to keep his job. <laughs> um, so Gina quicker reminds him that uh, he needs the money uh, because I guess he put a ring on her finger, but it's not good enough or like she kept pointing to the ring that was on her finger or something like that. And maybe to, she's referring to like paying for the actual wedding. Yeah, that's the thing. She's like, you got to pay for what comes next. Because so that missed, would suck if you were with a, with a dame that was like, this is okay, but I really expect something much larger. It's like, what? <laughs> like, that's common. Come on. You do add-ons over the years. Do you? Yes, you can do add-ons. Have you done some upgrades yeah. to the old rock? We hit 10 years. And you, I did not upgrade the exact rock. All right, stop it's, talking right now because my wife listens to this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> now, you get like an extra band, so it just like looks thicker. You get like a dime, extra diamond band that goes around the other one, and I forget what they're called it's like a crescent band that it makes it look it's like a I reinforcement better, thing i got i got real into trying to learn alchemy and i better start do that. doing that again yeah exactly don't do that alchemy i think is a video game thing that causes you to turn into a wizard right yep that's what i thought uh but yeah and then i have not done any stone improvements on the gemstone itself wow. but maybe one day again put in another 10 years maybe we'll see <laughs> If I can live that long, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> you have to be a tenured employee in this company. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> or I'm going to have to get a big payday and then I'll do whatever. Yeah. But that's unlikely. <laughs> exactly. 
give you whatever if I'm paid money, but I don't. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, if I ever sell one of my inventions, then. Or a kidney. Yeah. I'll do it. If I sell a <laughs> kidney, I'll buy you whatever ring you want. Um, and I'm talking to you, Jordan. Uh, so Martin admits to Gina at after this conversation that, yeah, he's been listening to the country music and actually he kind of likes it yeah. a little bit. He's kind of into it. Country's not that bad. Yeah, he says it's not about being sad. It's about sharing the pain that's in your heart almost. But it's <laughs> not just about making other people depressed mm-hmm. necessarily. It's like the blues almost or something yeah. like that. It's kind of, it's got its place or whatever. So he seems to find some value in it. At this time, though, like, I'm amazed they're playing classic country. Like, 92, you're getting right around, or sorry, 94, you're getting right around oh, the Garth era. Garth. This is 90s country. That's all Garth. Point. That's 94. I was going with my family to Chowda Steakhouse, uh-huh. and they had a killer cover band that plays, like, all, so you could request anything. I always requested Hotel California by the, oh, by the Eagles. Oh, God. Always, because they had two lead guitarists. This band was incredible, and so they could, they nailed it. They knew that song backwards and forwards they played the whole thing verbatim it was amazing they played a lot of garth a lot of brooks and dunn i hate now that you've mentioned hotel california i was 10 it's one of the worst pieces of material ever okay steven Uh, (laughs) i take that back it's a finely composed song why did they have to play it so much all the it time? It is overdone. It, right, that's it's, the problem. It's a dead horse for it, right, sure. There but, we go. That's all it is. But I think it, yeah, I mean that you know it's it's a it's an epic journey of a song, my guy. You're right. There might have been a period between 1992 and 2000, like five. I probably heard it eight times a day, just like in the world, like not because You're, I chose to listen to it because it was just there. You've also learned a lot, I think, from Jeffrey Lebowski from the Big Lebowski and you hate the fucking Eagles, man. I, get, I, get the head out of my cab. I actually like some of the Eagles material, not that particular track. And I do love the small Lebowski, not the Big Lebowski because <laughs> Jeffrey Lebowski, the one you're referencing He's just the small Lebowski, right? Oh, yeah, because the big Lebowski the big is Lebowski the other is the Lebowski. actual big dude. Right. He's, I'm not the one you want. You want the big want Lebowski. The, uh, big Lebowski. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. You you're don't right. want me. I'm the small Lebowski. So I think I've learned more from the small Lebowski. Jeffrey Lebowski. Exactly. The other Jeffrey Lebowski. The dude. Yeah. So to speak, yes. <laughs> God, I haven't watched that movie in forever. I have not either. Gotta watch it. Uh, but Martin starts to embrace the name Marty now. He's all in on that. <laughs> Uh, so then we go to this radio station. We're back. We see Marty now in full cowboy wardrobe. He's got the hat, the belt buckle. We don't see boots, but no, we do because oh, he dude. pulls oh, them up. That's right. He pulls them up. You're right. <laughs> pulls them up and, and shows them. You're right. Uh, um, he starts performing his own country music. He's written his own material that he's going to play. I love this DJ. Straight up Hootenanny. I, I love it. And his producer is in there playing with him. He's got a guitar. They are rocking it, man. And he wrote a song called If You Walk Away From Me, I'll Just Love You From Behind. And it is amazing, the lyrics. <laughs> I'll Just good. Love You From Behind. That sounds like something that Tony would have written. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. Yes. Like, you want that just, like, right on the line, double entendre. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, are they saying terrible stuff? You know, like, <sighs> you'll never know. Um, you know, it's like, I, there's a big Nora Jones song that jumps out like that. There's that one, that one country song that's like, love you. 
and it's like a okay. euphemism for fuck you. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking sure. about? And so it's like, love your truck, love this town. <laughs> I, I'm unfamiliar with that particular it's a good, one. It's a good, I mean, it's the whole thing is like, you know, just, rep- oh, son of a bitch. Jesus <laughs> Christ. What did full. you just know? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think Jordan just spilled a gallon tanker <laughs> of Coca-Cola. I don't know why he comes <clears> in there with this giant. Oh my god. 16.9 fluid ounces. It, it's not as 169 fluid ounces is what that says. I think that's four gallons. You know, you th- this brings me to let's just let's just go over and and get on right. the, the metric system for the love of God. No. It's 500 milliliters even or it's 16.9 fluid ounces. Who gives a shit about 16.9 fluid ounces? Just 500 milliliters. Easy. America, Jordan. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, we didn't sign this constitution 250 <laughs> years ago to eat the metric system for you, lunch. You are, <laughs> <laughs> you are infringing on the forefathers of this country. I won't eat Canadian bacon. I ain't going to use the metric system. <laughs> All right? It's like a king of the hill line. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so dumb. Um, so... But it, it, the song really is amazing. Yeah, Red McMaster's enters, and he seems like he enjoys it and loves it. He's jumping around the studios. He's all in. Marty is all in on the country music. Martin even starts to power mosey around the studio. Power mosey. Uh, yeah, I was like, all right, I love it. But unfortunately, Red McMaster says, "Well, our ratings are in the crapper, man." <laughs> <laughs> And he's now blaming Martin. Well, he said he wanted him. To, he thought he was going to bring some urban uh, flavor to the country music scene or something. And that was like, never conveyed. <laughs> <laughs> like he was not given that direction at any point in time. Nope. He said, you'll play country music to save your job. And you're like, okay. okay. That was the extent of the direction. He guess got. I better go buy some country clothes. Yeah. So then Martin's like, oh, so you're going to blame this on me for not bringing edge. I can bring you some edge, buddy. <laughs> Let's bring it back from break real quick. And so he goes live on air and drops an expletive laden <laughs> tirade against his boss about how he's so effing this. And he's, I mean, I think he was calling him a bunch of dirty words oh, about yeah. maybe his political and racial motivations. Uh, like, because he only knew him so well. Sure. Like, I, he just knew the stereotype of that guy. Th- exactly. Like oil man. You're right. That's the thing. So it seemed like he was just going at everything he could about this dude based and on that the guy little was, he knew. That guy was cracking up. Yeah, Red he was loved cracking it. up the whole time. He loved it. Uh, the, he really, it was a pretty decent roast for how little he knew about him, about sure. what a dumb decision maker he was. Because <laughs> he was. He bought a station from a dude. I mean, I guess he wanted to sell it, but. He brought country music to Detroit yeah. and we expected it to work. Like, <laughs> it's not smart. No. Um, so uh. then Red says, all right, Martin, that was funny as hell, but you're fired, man. <laughs> so Martin seems like an asset. He's got his own music that he writes. Like he should have kept him on air, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, and then Martin throws a trash can gets out of there yeah it was like a scene he was trying to do from some you know uh who is it um god it's the guy that my wife thinks is so beautiful she says idris elba well yes fabio no yes um paul riser no it's another like it's another black actor john love from like back in the day who apparently we've been saying his name wrong who is it um charles barkley no Gosh, I can't think of it. 
Roy. He just came. He just came out after like 20, 30 years of being in, in the career. And he was like, that's not how you pronounce my name. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's tough. Well, yeah. That's that's how everybody's always been pronouncing it, man. Dennis Rodman. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's Dennis Roadman. It's the only thing I can think of. Well, I don't know. You tell us if you're out there listening and we'll we'll see you next time on another delicious edition of Sideshow Frasier. Mm-hmm.